You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, Real Presence Radio listeners. Thanks for staying with us for the second hour of Real Presence Live. My name is Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my co-host, Father Craig Holcalter. We are broadcasting this morning from Market Press Coffee in Dickinson, North Dakota, on this sunny Thursday morning. Uh, We do want to take a moment from our live guests to just honor our fathers. Uh, It was just Father's Day recently, and in this month of June, we keep them near and dear to our heart, not only our biological fathers, but our priestly fathers as well, which are so important part of our lives. And so today's Honor Our Fathers winner is Father Paul Becker from Corpus Christi Parish in Bismarck, North Dakota. Brenda Bergen nominated Father... And she noted that she'd like to nominate her spiritual advisor, Father Paul Becker, for Honor Our Fathers. She says, it was October 31st, 2003, when Father Paul Becker said to me, if you can bring some good from the death of your son, you will be honoring the life he lived. I remember looking at him and thinking, this man has to be crazy, and if he thinks anything good can come from this. But as many wisdom from fathers, he was right. I went home and prayed many times over, God, I am lost, hollow, and empty. I have no idea where life's going to take me, but please take this pain and bring some good from it. And in the last 18 years, Father Paul's been there for me and my family. We attribute our success and where we are today to his kindness, understanding, and advice. He continues to be very instrumental in my ministry to be a guiding light for others, just as he is the light for so many people. Congratulations to Father Becker. If you would like to nominate a priest to be chosen for the honor of our fathers, you can email Heather at heather at realpresenceradio.com. That's heather at realpresenceradio.com. Again, congratulations to Father Paul Becker this morning. Well, we are going to jump right into our next guest. We've got a full lineup of in-studio guests this morning. It's awesome. At the uh, buzzing Market Press Coffee here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Beautiful morning. Up next, as we continue our theme of Catholic health care this morning, we are joined by the president of CHI, St. Alexis Health here in Dickinson, um, Carol Enderly. Carol, welcome. Well, thank you so much. It is exciting to be here. Isn't it? We've got all kinds of energy going this morning. We've got people visiting. The the coffee machines are buzzing. I constantly see in vehicles in the drive-thru. We're all enjoying a nice cup of coffee Mm -hmm. from Market Press here this morning. Great morning. Just a a lovely, beautiful, sunshiny morning here in Dickinson on a Thursday. So, uh, Carol, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're new to CHI uh, in in Dickinson. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, if you're new to the area, how long you've been here, and just give us a little introduction today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You bet. Um, yeah, so I am new to the Dickinson area, but my family really is not. My married family, my, my husband's side, um, grew up in the Taylor Richardson area. Mm. So that's my connection. Um, and I've been here about three months now. So I've had a very long um, career in, in healthcare, about 25 years. And really started as a nurse and then was a travel nurse at one point. I became a nurse practitioner and just really continued to excel and then went into leadership as well in those positions. Uh, previously, I was at in Montana 
and I was the chief nursing and operating officer at a Catholic religious healthcare uh, system and critical access hospital as well in rural health. And that was, um, I've been there, I was there seven years and just ready. We feel like we're coming home and we've really gone full circle. So we're so excited to be back in the area. Um, so yeah, it's been very exciting. It's been a wonderful three months. And we're excited for the future. Carol, what's been your impression of, of getting back home and being in Dickinson? It, it must be nice just to have that family just down the road and familiar names, familiar faces. But what's the community been like with you? I mean, you're, you're very high level, uh, you know, the president of our local hospital. And uh, we, we spoke with your manager of mission, Mr. John Oderman, in the first part of our show. Um, but, the you know, the opportunities to network and engage and just to be connected to the community you serve. What's that been like for you in the first three months? You know, it's in one word, it's been a blessing oh. for me. It really has. Um, how friendly everyone has been and really warm and welcoming. I've been to quite a few community events, and I'm looking forward to more in the future. Um, really, the community is such an important part of our mission, and it's really the foundation for us. And so I'm just so excited to be here and feel like I belong. Already. Oh, I like that. That's a good word, belong. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. It, you know, when, when John was visiting with us in the first segment, that idea of belonging, right, of, of coming under the mission. And you had mentioned that you'd been in your previous place. It was also a Catholic institution. So can you share a little bit about for you personally, why is that important? And, and how does mission look different, perhaps, for a Catholic organization than for a secular organization, particularly in healthcare? Yeah, um, the mission is very important. It's actually uh, one of the pieces that I search out or searched out when I was looking. Um, you know, I wanna, when I found this role or this role found me, there is a lot of prayer involved in that. And really, it was, um, you know, God to send me where I would be best served and being that servant leader. And that is really that foundation um, and why mission is so important. It's about serving others and making sure our patients are the forefront and the center of everything we do, as well as our community. Mm-hmm. And that is really a big piece to that um, Catholic or, um, you know, religious organization. Um, actually, in my career, I've worked for many different religious organizations, and that's just something that I've always seeked out. I, um, early on, experienced it and really felt like healthcare would be a much better place if all of them no. were religious organizations. Yeah. And so it really filled my soul and um, just in serving the community. What do you think it is? Say more about that, Carol. That your kind of lived experience of, you know, so um, it, it, I, we spoke with John, and you know, I think like in a global way, for whatever reason, post-pandemic, uh, organizational culture and mission, you know, and like values orientation, even if they're completely off the wagon, are are like a theme now, right? Like it's like a talking point for news sources and media sources, but. Um, for the church and for um, religious institutions, it, it, that, like that's that's our gasoline, right? That, like that's that's in our origin and our birth. It's nothing new for us. It's not a. It's not trendy for us. It's our foundation. So what what is it in your world? You know that really glues you to that. You just 
you know, you said it fills your soul. You, you must feel very passionately about Catholic healthcare and what a Catholic hospital can provide, perhaps, that others cannot. Yeah, I think um, what that is is really serving the people and the community and really identifying with the community, the community needs, what are their needs for health care, and making sure that we provide those services. Um, one of the big pieces is keeping care close to home. I want to keep patients mm. here because it is, um, it's a struggle to travel, right? And, and how do they get back? And um, it's really um, additional harm in their soul as well, you know, to when they're under a condition um, where they need healing and help. And so keeping them close to home where we can care for them and provide those services here, that's a big push for that. So what, um, in engaging the community, what other services are needed in our community to expand upon and make healthcare the best it can be. What are your, Carol, what are your, some of your, you know, if you're able to say on, on, on live radio, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are your, like some of your stated goals when people ask you that for the next six to 12 months of, you know, what do you really want to do? You know, maybe, maybe not in terms of institutionally, but professionally, like you as president, of this major hospital, critical access. You know, what, what do you want to do in the first, between now and, uh, you know, New Year's? Very good. Um, I have a lot of goals, actually. <laughs> um, and so really it's trying to, okay, which one is the one we should work on first? Yeah. Um, and so some exciting things that we're doing. Uh, one of the first things that we're working on currently is a community board. Mm. And that's just really oh. important for us. So we have a regional board. But um, in that regionalization, um, the community board um, then turned, some of those members were part of the regional board. Um, But we've really found that that community board impact um, is so necessary, and community members are asking me for it. And so because of that, we are going to develop a community board to help uh, provide community insight for the needs of the hospital, um, and it's a collaboration between the two. So currently I'm looking for about seven board members. I have one as of yesterday, so I'm excited about <laughs> hooray, that. Hooray, yeah. So um, that's a big focus for us. Um, a couple other things are expanding care, looking at post-acute care growth, you know, looking at um, different modalities in surgical services. And then I have to mention behavioral health, too. And that's a big push for us. And so looking at the needs of the community and behavioral health and how can we uh, expand on that as a critical access hospital and working with legislative bodies as well to provide that service because it's such a great need here and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, ab- absolutely. We can't, we can't uh, go down that road, Carol, before we go to this short break. I mean, you're speaking to a Catholic priest who is a principal of a high school and uh, his co-worker near and dear uh, a clinical counselor at that high school. And so behavioral health is yeah. so significant. Um, I, I mean, at, at all levels, but our, our bias is going to be the 12 to 18-year-old population so that when they grow past 18 years old, you know, they, they do have healthy behaviors and thinkings and feelings. Uh, we're off to our first break here with this uh, great segment with the president of CHI St. Alexia's Health here in Dickinson, uh, Mrs. Carol Enderley. Uh, Carol, welcome to the show, and we look forward to the second half of the segment with you. Great. Thank you so much. Well, we'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. We are here with President of CHA St. Alexis Health, Carol Enderly. Carol, it's great to have you on the show. We... uh Catholic healthcare has been the topic for uh, nearly now the past uh, 90 minutes, and uh, you know you're at the top of it all. So you know, as as president and leader, um, you know we talked about mission and, and your role there regarding you know your mission in in uh, serving he- healthcare that way at such a high level. Um, we asked Dr. Kirowski prior to you, you know, what what is her source? What is her kind of motivation and you know ears for motive for inspiration? Who do you go to? You know, what you must have hard days, and you know, leadership is tough. You mentioned the phrase servant leadership. I, I think that's a great optic to approach it because you're serving such a mission oriented community. But where do you go to for your, you know, your your faith, you know, the grace of God, your prayer life, uh, certainly your, you know, your family. Uh, what what helps you to be successful, you know, on, on those not so good days? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, there's actually quite a few things that I go to. Of course, God and my faith is mm. very important. Number one, um, my family, of course, and the team that I lead, um, and getting their input and support. Um, really helps during those difficult situations. Um, knowing, you know, God's not ever going to put me in a place that I can't handle. Oh, well, I, like I totally that. know yeah. that. And so that really is um, part of my faith. 
Um, and he has given me the tools to be successful. And I really do believe that. Um, you know, when I walk through the halls of the hospital and see the amazing team that I get to help lead, um, they're just an amazing group of care providers and caregivers. Um, and everyone is a caregiver, right? Our dietary, our um, EBS, or facilities. I mean, they're all part of the care team. And that's just been very important to my success is having their support. And I feel that every day. And so um, it's, a, it's probably the best team I've ever led. It's top notch. And so I'm excited for that. Awesome. I love that approach, you know, like as educators, I would feel the same way as principal, like, you know, from our our kitchen, you know, cooks to our custodial and facilities, like we all educate in some way. It's not just the classroom teachers, you know, Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Amanda being in the classroom for many years and now stepping into the, you know, clinical field and offering counseling services I, I think that's I love that approach to it you know that you and you speak so positively of them um, I, I, do you have the same I asked John this but what, what is it like working with such highly trained skilled professionals like you know physicians and, and nurse practitioners and it helps you're one of them and you, right I mean because you, you can speak from that lived experience right. Yeah. Um, what is it like? You know, it, it must, some days it must just be awesome because it's such a forceful team, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, such a skilled team. Yeah. And other days, you know, when you have perhaps opposing thoughts on things, it's a little bit more uh, grinding. Yeah. You know, um, you're right. Having a clinical perspective means, makes a big difference. It has to be. And so that is a definitely a positive. I can... Um, understand where they're coming from, um, both from the physician side and nurse practitioner, and then our clinical nurses, and you know all the way down our our CNAs and all part of that care team. Um, I think you know when there's opposing views, it's really um, on my part to seek to understand. I use a lot of that, and I sometimes I ask questions I already know the answer to, just because I want to see how they're thinking, and then that helps frame my thinking as well. And it's really um, being a collaborative environment of um, understanding different points of views and the why. I always do that a lot, the why of behind a certain frame of thinking. And so even when those times when you may not agree, um, I think you can get to some common ground. And I really can't think of anything we could disagree on because I think we could always come to that common ground. And it's really leading with that grace and humility um, and just always knowing that there's good intent to be better. Carol, can you develop more? Um, I, I want to be more positive or, you know, at least uh, take that, that angle. Because you, you, you mentioned it of, you know, why Catholic health care? Why re- religious religious health care? And you said the care of the person. You know, which is so intimate to the church's mission of the gospel and, and the Catholic Church's worldview is just the dignity of the human person and care for their, you know, mind, body, and soul. Um, it's our school mission, so it's very near and dear to Amanda and I. Um, you know, develop that more. What is it like on a day-to-day, your daily tasks of being in that environment where you do have that intention towards this is of being son and daughter of God the Father, and we're here to, you know, guide them towards not just physical health, but spiritual health? Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, at the forefront is our mission leader, right? Our mission director. And um, making sure that they are a close connection 
to me as the president to always keep me grounded and then also to our patients. And so in some of the daily rounding I do with patients, um, really making sure that their needs are fulfilled, um, seeing if there's things that we can do to improve upon in their care, um, and then just really even the flow from them coming into the emergency department and then working with our community leaders. There are some great community leaders and services here in um, you know, human services departments and um, we have the ba- I have to say the Badlands Human Services. I mean, that is just mm. remarkable and what the services they offer too. Um, I never had had that uh, hmm. level. And so... I think when you don't have those things and then all of a sudden they're at your access, it's like, wow, this is so great. And so being collaborative with um, different community leaders um, to always keep that patient in the center. And what can we do to fulfill our mission in serving our patient and our community? Mm-hmm. And that really is the focus. I love that you know you keep using the word collaboration and I get that sense of, you know, not only you, but we've talked with Dr. Kurtarowski this morning and with John Olderman of that idea of, of mission and collaborating not only with those who are employed at your facility, but collaborating with the community and your patients and that it's uh, that betterment of kind of bringing everybody to the table of what what does the community need. And so could you speak to a little bit about, you know, like, how does the community help shape the mission of what it is? You know, because you talk about being at the service of, of the community and, and how that might look, you know, different, not only for different areas that you've worked in, but also, you know, bringing in then that Catholic perspective of how we view the human person. Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest ways is through our community health needs assessment. Um, and that is a survey that we put out to the communities. And that's uh, really particular to... Uh, nonprofit organizations as us, um, and then even more so with Catholic health care. And so identifying from the community perspective what services they are needing or requesting or wanting more of, um, and that's a survey that we do every three years, and we do that with partnerships with human services and the college and um, really to identify where we're headed for the future. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a great piece to that. You know, I think also I've always had the, um, early on in my career I've been taught this, and it is just to this day still holds true, is that we serve the people who serve the people. And that is oh, just like so that important. And that's where we want to get our, our hospital to. You know, we, as a leader, I serve the people, the, the, the staff and the doctors and everyone who's caring for the people. And it's just their success is our success, right, as a community. Mm-hmm. What, um, what do you see as a challenge, you know, if you can name one or two, Carol, of this size of a community? You know, you mentioned very positively the, the levels and the, the accessibilities that you're, you're being presented with now, which is refreshing for you. Um, but what do you see, you know, in this kind of community as, as a challenge for Catholic health care that, you know, you can just state that, yeah, this is going to be a hurdle. And, you know, I, I have the, the will to, to jump it. But, you know, what are some of those things that maybe our listeners would be privy to? Oh, you know, I don't see too many challenges, honestly, um, just because I do agree with you. We, we can always jump that hurdle. 
Um, sometimes you have to take small bites out of it, but it's always attainable. Um, I think some of the things that we're faced with right now in Catholic healthcare is um, staffing issues, things like that. But really, that is really everywhere in many different organizations. And so how can we implement some best practices and how can we be um, have some great intuitive in our thinking to change the way some of the practices are to make sure we're providing the best care but also do it maybe a little differently. And so um, it's really challenging that thinking process but out of that is going to come some great work. And I think that's what the pandemic taught us too, right? It's it's now getting back. Um, If there was a positive, it would be that we are now getting back to one another um, and to our faith and to our family and to really measuring the importance of all of the community. Yeah, I I like that. I like the, um, I think that's a good look on the pandemic. I think there's we were reductive in it we're, we focus so much you know with remote remote approximate work on where we're working rather than how the pandemic shaped how we work yeah you know and 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 i'm not i don't want to you know dismiss the location of where our actually tasks are being fulfilled but as you know educators that was huge in terms of like systematizing things and just having better uh, standards and procedures and practices regarding some things i, I have a very positive you know, retrospect on that, looking at the pandemic. I don't know about you, Amanda, but it really sharpened that because we knew that, well, of course, the best education happens in a classroom with, you know, 20 kids and one teacher or two teachers. I mean, that's obvious for us, but it really did sharpen, I think, some of our practices. And it sounds like, you you know, you kind of have the same optic. I think it it reminds me of what you said earlier that, you know, God's not going to put us in a position or anywhere that, you know, he doesn't know we can't come through. And then to look at the positives that came through that of, you know, for us in the education world of like, oh, look at all these resources that we had that we weren't utilizing, you know, and it kind of forced us in a way to reevaluate things. And I would, I would think, and from hearing you speak here this morning, Carol, that it was similar for you in healthcare that yes, there was a lot of challenges, but also how can we learn and grow from that? Yeah, exactly. You know, it taught us that we needed to pivot and pivot quickly, right? And we could do it. And really, out of that, too, was some empowerment, right? People realized, oh, my gosh, look what we can do as a team. Mm -hmm. And so those were some of the great things um, that came out of that and working differently. And it wasn't so structured all the time. Um, But then also caring for one another, caring Mm -hmm. for our caregivers came out of that, right? Mm. And focusing on that. And um, that is just never a bad thing, you know? And so continuing that work and how can we care for our caregivers so that they can care for our patients? Yes, absolutely. That's beautiful. Uh, Listeners, thank you for staying with us. And Carol Enderly, president of CHI St. Alexis Health, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Welcome to the Dickinson community. And uh, we look forward to seeing more and what progresses over there at CHI St. Alexis Health. Listeners, don't go away. Stay with us. When we come back from this break, we'll be chatting with a married couple who are owners of three thriving businesses and how they bring faith into their work and staying grounded with their busy home life as well. Stay with us. Don't go away. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.